103 Games Podcast for Mid-May 2019. My name is Tom Chick, and I'm not playing Mortal Kombat 11. This is Nick Diamond, and my game that I am not playing is A Hat in Time. Oh, sad. Oh. So, and my name is Jason McMaster, and I am not playing The Last of Us. Oh, oh, you know, oh, yeah, McMaster, oh. okay, I can't wait to get into this. Um, Nick, what's the deal tomorrow with the Hat in Time patch? What? Uh, Battle uh, Royale. Yeah, like 800 <laughs> multiplayer. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, like 100, uh, 100 player multiplayer uh, in a hat in time. Um, unfortunately, you have to be grouped up. Oh, McMaster, I'm going to need to borrow you tomorrow. All right. All right. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean you have to be grouped up? You have to be uh, grouped up in Steam to do it. So you can't just have an open invite like, hey, everybody join my game and just keep it running. Like, it's a like thing I have to have find to 100 people way. on Steam to join a group and then we launch a game of Hat in Time? Uh, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, apparently. I better get started on that. Uh, all right. Well, maybe we'll talk about that in two weeks. But this week we're going to p- talk about stuff we actually are playing. McMaster, you opened up a can of, of Whoop A. Uh, with your oh. reference to Last of Us, so why don't you tell us what you are playing that made you not play Last of Us? Oh, I've been playing Days Gone. Oh, huh? How about that? Yeah, I mean, I I like it better than Last of Us. So, <gasps> what? <laughs> oh, dude, I, I don't really like the Last of Us. Remember, I've, I've never. You really liked did it. not. That is rude. That is just rude to not like Last of Us. What's the matter Ooh. with you? Who doesn't Are, like Ellen Page? Yeah, come on. Hey. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> no, that's, that's pretty funny. Yeah, that is, your first inclination is like, right. That, oh, wait. No, that wasn't Ellen Page. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so McMaster, what made what, – tell us what you think of Days Gone, and I'm real curious. Why do you prefer it to, to Last of Us? Nick, real quick, have you played any Days Gone? I have only played like the first two hours of Days Gone. Ugh. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> right. that's that's the bad hours of Days Gone. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah, Nick, I feel oh bad for you. Yeah. God. Well, McMaster, give us the the broader overview. How do you feel about it, and what, what made you compare it to to uh, Last of Us? I mean, obviously, the reason I compare it to Last of Us is the setting and uh, and the game engine. I mean, it so ridiculously looks like the Last of Us. That uh, it's just uh, every time I would see commercials for that game or stuff at E3 or just videos, I just thought it was the new Last of Us game. So I kind of didn't pay any attention to it until it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just I didn't really like Last of Us that much just because of the gameplay. I, I don't like Naughty Dog's game play usually. Um, they're they're all about story, McMaster, pretty much. I mean that they seem to have a priority there. Right. Uh, they yeah no they, story 100%. and character I would say yeah. But it just, yeah, whatever. I just didn't care that much. Um, and trust me, it's not the story days gone that I care about. I know. Oh, the character, <laughs> I mean, right, yeah. Yeah, no, certainly not the character. Well, so tell us, so, so Nick oh. obviously is talking about the first two hours. I, I, I don't think days gone makes a very good first impression. So no. how does no. it, what about that larger, that longer impression? Now that you've gotten past those first two, six, ten, fifteen hours, uh, how does it, <laughs> I presume it's looking up. Yeah, and I guess the thing about it that's that's decent about Days Gone is it has uh, much more interesting side characters than the main character. Um, I you know the the different camps are entertaining, uh, but the most uh, satisfying thing about it, I guess, is just the whole like Ubisoft wipe shit off the map gameplay <laughs> that it has going on, uh, and it's it's really brutal, I guess, in that way as well. What do you mean brutal? Uh, just all the, the, it's a relatively gory game. Oh, well, the zombie, right, sure. Right, and not just that, like, you you know, you're chopping people up with, like, you know, lawnmower blades and crap, so it's not, it's not just, like, the most subtle game. Um, The thing that I think of most when I'm playing McMaster, so I I like the Last of Us comparison because I do think one of the issues with Days Gone, and and I have to say I quite like it uh, as well, because I've gotten past the first two hours and (laughs) it's a rough slog. I'm jealous. It does does go up. I mean, it doesn't have much – it doesn't have anywhere else to go, but it does definitely get better. Um, So I quite like it, but I do think the the Last of Us comparison – 
that comes to mind for me, Last of Us is first and foremost, I think, about its story and about the relationship between the two right. main characters. And it also gives a, a nice bit of attention to some ancillary characters that show up. Uh, Last of Us is, I think, a, a beautiful script, and it's really heartfelt storytelling in as much as you can do that in a stealth game, a zombie stealth game about trying to right. collect crafting materials. Um, so I, I feel that where the comparison with Days of Days Gone is most apt is Days Gone, I get the sense thinks it's being like last of us yeah no it's 100 percent. that's it and it <laughs> fails so poorly i mean it is so oh, it is just risable how awkward and clunky <laughs> the cutscenes are the oh, the God. main character it the, the I, I hate the voice actor i hate the animation uh the writing is terrible uh oh, everywhere where it tries to be like last of us it fails just miserably embarrassingly oh, yeah. cringeworthingly uh, I would say. Uh, but I do get the sense that the folks who, who made it up at Bend, the, the studio in Eugene, they're like, yeah, this is going to be our this is going to be our our last of us. I was going to say Sony's last of us, but they've already got one. Yeah, uh, yeah they got one. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the comparison. The, the, the gameplay comparison, I feel more often McMaster. And here I think it doesn't quite bear up, but I'm enjoying it anyway. It reminds me a lot of uh, State of Decay. Yeah. No, Just, that's, I mean, and that's what I was going to say probably too, is like, secondly, like the actual gameplay is a lot like State of Decay, yeah. Like, um, it's, but it does, it, it's kind of like that combination, you know, like there's, there's tons of like, not tons, but there's icons on the map you can go to and you get little level ups, you know, and you can clear out areas and bunkers and go back to them. So it's kind of got that like, Just Cause, Far Cry kind of thing going on for it you know that but like the gameplay itself is very state of decay i mean just clearing out the nest you go and you throw molotov cocktails into a spawning area until it goes away i mean that's you know and the little the crafting bits that you're in the oh, yeah. how you kind of have to carefully hoard ammunition although not so much the further i get into it at, at first i was yeah. thinking oh ammunition is going to be super rare but now it's coming oh, out no. of my ears yeah yeah uh, um, so that's another thing, though, that I kind of ha have an issue with is a, a good and I want to hear the game that Nick's going to talk about. I'm super curious how it handles this because it's also open world. But a good open world game should, I feel, be constantly pulling you in different directions in a good way. Like, oh, if I go over here, I can do A. But if I go over there, I can do B. And then B will unlock C if I go down here. But if I go down to D, it'll start something new. But I've been working on E and that's over there and there. Like a good open world game gives you this sense of freedom uh, with a breadth of choices. I don't feel that Days Gone is very well built in that regard because it seems to me that I don't often have a lot of choices of things to do. I've maybe got two story missions, right. and once I clear out an area, I, you know, it's, it seems like it's, it's pretty much cleared. And then otherwise, the only things I can do are getting skill points from the little research outposts. That's one activity. Right. And the other one is clear out a camp and unlock some new crafting item. And right. I've done those. Like, I, it, it, you know, I've, I don't know how many hours I've spent, but I've unlocked the first four map areas. Um, and getting that second half was a pretty pleasant surprise, by the way. Um, yeah. But I've unlocked all the stuff, and I've only ever had maybe at tops three things I, I feel like I could go do at any given time. And I go do one of those three things, and then maybe it's a little bit later, and then a, another thing pops up to replace it. And then I do that, and, like, I've never really felt pulled in that many directions. I've always felt like, okay, I can do A or B. And t to me, that's, um, it just doesn't bring oh. an open world alive for me. No, it certainly doesn't. It's not that there's, yeah, it, it's so weird how the game is kind of laid out. And then they have, like, the kind of random side events that you have a hard time, uh, hard time finding the little blue time. question marks yeah yeah like you drive by and see it and then you're like oh i'll turn in here and look and there's like nothing there and you're like oh great um so uh but some some of those mcmaster i've i've gone off to to look for them and you know maybe i kill like a zombie or do something or pick something up on the way and then i keep looking for it, and i realize oh that that inconsequential thing i did 15 minutes ago that was the blue question mark apparently uh, oh, yeah. yeah, those blue question marks are pretty underwhelming, and, and I'm, yeah, it's a little odd. But I, I get the sense that they do that because they don't have a lot of other activities. Is they'll just pop up some little right. tiny thing there and populate the open world that way. 
Christmas. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the? Okay, so the main character's just terrible, <laughs> and, and and we're gonna, by the way, have a douche quotient off with Nick's oh. game and this game. There's gonna be a contest in a moment. Oh, we're gonna do I'm, some. Si- I'm gonna win. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. We'll do some scientific research. Now um, I know what his game is too, and I'm just gonna call it right now. <laughs> uh, but but so the the game, uh, it, you know, your main character is a biker, and I get the sense that the folks up there in in Oregon really like their bikers and their tatted up chicks and and their caps worn backwards and their beards. It, it seems like. It, it, I don't know if it's a joke about Oregon people or if it's it's a, an homage to people in Oregon, but they also have this biker culture idea that they're going with, and you're supposed to really be into your bike. McMaster, how do you feel about the motorcycle in Days Gone? Uh, so I like it, actually. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem to me. Um, and I like it a lot better once you get to a certain point that you can upgrade your gas tank. Uh, once once you do that, it's like not even really that big of a problem because all of those checkpoints and like half of the places you drive by have gas cans laying around. And did you know you can pull up to a gas pump in that game and pump gas into your bike? Well, I know when you pull up to a gas pump, there's always a red gas can there. Is that no, what you no, mean? but literally you can pump up to it or pull up to it, hit the button, and it, you <laughs> get off and pump gas into your bike. Like, out, of like the gas, mil- out of the yeah, gas dispenser the thing. Yeah. What? And it's, Why are yeah. those still turned on? <laughs> there's a million weird little things like that in the game that, like, there's no explanation for, and you never see it anywhere else. And there, you know what I mean? Well, you know what I'm talking about, because, you know, you were playing it that one night, and I totally agree. That Tom was playing it, and he's like, "Yeah, there's this one place where there's this green or orange cord or something around something, and that's that's oh right means you can blow stuff up, and that's the only place it is though." It's like- it reminds me of Master the bit where you have to shoot the ladder down on the fire escape. Yeah. they right. never set that up. I don't know if they ever do it again, but I get the sense that they I've had these systems. Yet, they had these systems they wanted to build into the game and just never got around to it or or never took advantage of it. Yeah, so it sounds yeah. like that gas pump the blow up yeah. a whole orange cords, the fire escape release. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's totally that. And there, there's a few things in the game that you like never do again. So I, I have to wonder because if you're familiar with Oregon, you know that Oregon is one of the States where you as a consumer cannot pump your own. <laughs> Maybe right? You know why they put that in there. Then. That's They're a great like, point. So, yeah. So this I'm is wondering, a- is, is that like a joke from the guys at Bend where they're like, yeah, yeah, uh, that's the apocalypse. If it is, that's pretty be genius. free to do this. <laughs> that is awesome, yeah. So, so Nick, you're at the point where the, the bike is a, is a bit of a chore, I, I oh, think. Oh, it's a like, huge chore, yeah. It's yeah. a huge chore, right? I assumed when I started playing it that it was one of those progression systems where yeah. about, a, you know, 30% of the way into the game it would no longer even matter. Um, it doesn't for the most part, and so there doesn't bother me. Yeah, there's like this, and it's like fast travel drains your gas. But I love every, that McMaster. But go everywhere ahead. you fast travel has a gas tank. Yeah, yeah. Part, it, it makes is... me wish for like a harder survival mode or something where yeah. that system actually mattered, or where I had tough you know. choices to make about sometimes I have to leave the bike and walk. Or, but it does seem like it 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 becomes kind of busy work. But I do have to say I appreciate. Uh, fast travel having even if it's minimal having yeah. some cost associated with it so that sometimes i'll be like you know what fuck it i'm gonna drive there I, like i like when fast travel isn't the instant answer to get somewhere um you know and i'll tell i'll tell you this too uh i actually kind of like their day night uh system. yeah it's it's pretty clever like it, and I don't like the Witcher vision very much. It's kind of goofy. But the thing that I do enjoy about it is that once you have it upgraded where it'll see enemies and crap and outline them, yeah, yeah. if you go to like one of those places where they have a horde during the day and do it, there's just like hundreds of zombies pop up, like just <laughs> just nesting in the buildings. Uh, and it's pretty creepy. Like the hordes are really cool in that game. So yeah, that brings um, up two things for me is I really do like the character progression, like getting a skill point. There's some difficult choices in there and sometimes you have to buy a crappy skill to unlock the next tier to get good skills like i right. i like the character progression a lot in it um and then the second thing is the zombie ecology uh which isn't clear at first when i first started playing because uh, there was an e3 tr- 
trailer that, you know, it's like a ginned up sequence that they did a couple of years ago that just showed a crazy horde chasing the character through one, uh, like a mill or something. Uh, no. And the first, you, you know, several I've hours of the game, you're, you're like, wait a minute, that there's there's only ever like, you know, six, seven zombies at once. Right. Yeah. But then later you realize, okay, at night there are these snarling hordes, then there are oh. these nests some sometimes. Um, and so I like how the ecology of the, the zombie population is based on time of day, where you are. Uh, and when you see those like hordes running around, you know to steer clear, because uh, that's like a. But then he, this, it gets into another problem for me. So there's this big scary horde running around, and if it gets, if I catch its attention, I'm basically dead. But then my next thought is, well, so what? I just reload. Um, State yeah. of Decay has this sense of peril and stakes where you lose characters, and because they're trying to be like Last of Us, because they can't have disposable characters, they can't have the right. character die, they lose a lot of the tension that would come in a game like State of Decay. Like, these big scary hordes don't really matter, I just have to reload the game. So, like, something that's curious to me is that I saw this bullet point about how you play changes how the game runs and like you know how every time you finish a story it does like 14 storylines at the bottom that it yeah like yeah, yeah. Says, yeah yeah there's like percentages finished for the different storylines yeah right and I, i'm trying to figure out if they're if they're just full of crap or if like how much you do into certain storylines over others matters you know and, oh and, you know that's what i'm curious about when it comes well, to that's, the story. So. That's interesting, because that, one of the things that that also made me think, McMaster, is that they just had a, a paucity of content so that they kind of had all these overlapping story bits, like, okay, if you do this task, okay, you're going to finish that storyline 10%, you're going to finish this one 15%, is that whenever you did one of their few tasks, they would advance several storylines because they, they just didn't have enough stuff to fit the <laughs> storyline. Well, I mean, that does kind of seem like it, and the thing is, is the game is freaking long. It is not a short game. Uh, I've played over 20-some-odd hours, and I'm still going, and I'm not screwing around. <laughs> right. Well, the thing not, is, you can't screw around. Like, exactly. there's really not much to do. Like, they, they guide you through. You do the tasks pretty much in the sequence they give them to you. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, the other thing about the bike that I want to bring up. Um, now, I don't know a lot about motorcycles, uh, but I don't think they're using I, – I don't think this, this motorcycle is appropriate for the uses – like – it's it's dirt bike gameplay, but with an open road Harley motorcycle. <laughs> like it makes no <laughs> it really sense. Is, yeah. yeah, that you're taking this big long chopper that's made for just going straight down an open road, and you're just weaving around dirt paths and having to skid around corners and dodge zombies. Like it makes no sense. Give that poor guy a little dirt bike or or even a bicycle or something, an <laughs> MX bicycle. Uh, like I, I just feel that the world they've built isn't really conducive to this whole biker ethos of cruising down the open world on a Harley. Uh, yeah, in my, in, my early, uh, in my early section of the game, I have died more from mishaps on the bike. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. H- hitting terrain oh. and just oh, flying God. off of that thing. Like, it's yeah. crazy. It controls, like, I don't know, like a beach whale. The thing, you flail on that bike everywhere Does it get go. better as you... Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, I come mean, on, yeah. McMaster. <laughs> McMaster, put more points in your traction, in your... Uh, I forget I, what I, handles. I bought every upgrade. It's yeah, okay. It's a little better, but I still crash into crap constantly. Well, it's, I will say it's a little better, and also Nick, just because you, it's there constantly, you, you have to get better. Like by by dint oh, yeah. of actually right. having to do it more often, you you start to get a little better. Uh, and yeah. it is pretty gratifying when you know you have to like run in and get something. But you know there's a zombie horde nearby, so you do the combat parking thing where you angle the bike where you can just get on it and tear away. Uh, like it's pretty gratifying to set up an escape on a bike and pull it off and maybe dodge through a zombie or two that, that spawns in front of you. Uh, it's it, not it's less the... gratifying when you uh, fly out of that uh, you know three-point park but uh, stumble over a boulder. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, God, yes. Um, you know, the thing – too, oh yeah, or the, you know, you mentioned that um, mill earlier. That that's mm-hmm. actually in the game. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah. And uh, and oh boy, that that place is super creepy. Whenever you know, because it's got a it's got one of those um, facilities next to it that you have to cut the speakers off of the Neros or Nemos or whatever the hell they're called. Uh, the that. National Emergency Response Organization. Nero. So Nero, Nero. Yeah. So it's not this. It's not the uh uh. It's not FEMA, McMaster. It's Nero. 
So have you seen the ones that have speakers on the lights? On sure, the light yeah, you gotta find, it's like oh. a puzzle. You gotta follow the wires to figure out where to cut the speakers. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so I missed one. Of course uh. you did. That's, it's, it's, that's how it's gonna teach you. Dude, check out all the wires. Yeah, it's oh. teaching you how to do the puzzle. Well, yeah, but, oh, God, and that is a horrid area, you know, that's a yep. nest, so, like, I had to basically just kind of drive around until I could get a sniper shot on it to shoot the, the speaker out. Right, right. But, yeah, but that place during the day is insane with that vision stuff, because there's, yeah, there's just hundreds of them, and they kind of nest in a very creepy way. Yeah, yeah, so. You know, I heard the weirdest, uh... I heard the weirdest kind of like uh, a spoiler about that game. It's not really a spoiler spoiler. Well, but don't it's don't like, tell me and Nick we're playing it. Wow. No, no, it, it, it's not going to spoil anything. What I'm saying is, that, you know, it's it's uh, the a lot of the lore is from Siphon Filter. Oh, because <laughs> Eugene, the, yeah. the Ben Studio did the Siphon Filter uh, games. Right, right, okay. right. Like a lot you know why that's not a spoiler, McMaster? Right, because no one cares. Well, right, filter. Well, no, I was just gonna say that the, the virus in the game is a Siphon Filter virus. Oh, okay. That you fight against supposedly in that game. So I thought it was kind of funny though that they they I mean, have those little things in there. Yeah, that's cute. They're getting they're still getting some mileage out of Siphon Filter. Good for them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Trying and, to make it a thing. Yeah. Before, and I, and I know we need to move on, but I just have to mention, because this kills me, this kills me inside, that they show the intro to that game twice in totality. I know. So oh ridiculous. God. It's like, what? dudes, I saw this. You had it at the beginning of the game. You can edit it out now. Oh, my God. That was the worst. Especially I because that... I wouldn't mind if I didn't hate the cutscene so much. Like, show uh, me the yeah. yeah but uh, good lord, and and the, just the meet cute between the lead character and the and good lord, why? How come I can change the color and the sticker on my gas tank, but I can't turn my stupid character's cap around forward? Ugh. <laughs> the thing that I like most about Deacon St. John, other than the fact Ugh, that Don't say that name. It just is making me cringe. McMaster's oh, fingernails God. on a chalkboard. Never say that name. Ugh. It's like him and Boozer are just like... Oh, don't say that name either. Don't say worst. that. <laughs> Boozman. Boozman. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, it's just that the thing that bothers me most about him is that he bitches to himself non stop throughout the game he's like the biggest bummer that ever existed and all he does is complain and like passive aggressively at himself out loud and even i love the bits because i i imagine the voice actor and whoever wrote the dialogue thinks (laughs) yeah this is really cool and edgy but when he's like really mad at the cultists and he's grumbling he's like oh oh you're not gonna you're not gonna win anyone over to your cult anymore. Oh, I'm gonna shoot you, and you're I not know. gonna. You're, oh, oh, your cult is so jerky. Oh, I'm so mad. Oh, it's you're gonna most, get it. It's the most <laughs> hilarious, like crap. But it just like never ends. It's just odd. What it is, McMaster? Imagine Stephen Root's character from Office Space given oh weapons God. and turned loose in zombie apocalypse. <laughs> like that's perfect. the sense I get. Like, oh, perfect. I'm gonna kill your cult for taking my stapler. Great. Make sure I'll be happy, Joe. I'm just going to burn your entire cult. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, I'm going to burn it to the ground. <laughs> and you know what I'm kind of not getting is that I've gotten through the end of, like, several storylines and the game's still going, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's not that it ended, because there's still this weird tension, but uh, it's still going. Actually, yeah, you got to see all those storylines to 100%. Oh my god, yeah. You have, to, you have to cure all the zombies. Right, yeah, save the world, McMaster. Right, right, yeah, I, I didn't think about that. Alright, speaking of open worlds, so uh, Nick Diamond, so uh, tell us about this game, and then we need to have a DQ off. Oh, d- yeah. Douche well, quotient. I, I was, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, it's it's pretty much uh, it's pretty much douche commander that I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> limey douches. On parade, uh, I am playing Forza Horizon Four, uh, which is, of course, another uh, in the long line of open world car PGs. Uh, and I've come to the conclusion that um, something about the genre just makes all the developers and publishers feel like uh, like they watch the first two, uh, you know. The, the first two Fast and Furious movies, but then go, <laughs> yeah, but can we get it more Mountain Dew? 
<laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's, is, it's there, like, is there any way to put more douchiness into this? It's uh, like those dudes from Harold and Kumar. It yeah, like, it's, I, yeah, like it's so speaking on the game, right? It's it's totally fine. It's serviceable. It's a car PG. You collect cars. You do races. You do more races. You unlock other races and events, right? They've got stunt events and speed traps. Nick, is this uh, in Australia? Where where is it set? Oh, it's in England. It's in. Oh, America. oh right, right. Yeah. Well, okay. In fact, uh. properties that you can buy, although your douchey narrator is. Uh, careful to mention that you're actually just leasing it, uh, is Edinburgh Castle. Oh! <laughs> yeah. You, you get yourself 15 million, I don't know, cool guy credits, whatever they are in-game, uh, and you can lease out Edinburgh, because that's what they do, right? That's what they do. <laughs> you know, you know I, Hawk shows up and Britain goes, yeah, have a castle, guy. <laughs> I, I feel, uh, I would feel negligent without mentioning this. I have played this game. Uh, as well, uh, because it's part of the Xbox Game Pass, and you can get those on PC as well. Yeah. Uh, and if you're uh, not a member, you can get three months for a dollar right now, and play all the Forza and Sea of Thieves you ever need and cancel. Oh yeah. So, uh, so just throwing that out there. Anyway, yeah. go ahead, Nick. I apologize. No, no, that's that's exactly what I'm taking advantage of right now. <laughs> yep. That's that is what I was doing. I was like, oh, hey, one dollar for Forza Horizon, I could do that because I know yeah, right. I can get that done in thirty or you know ninety days. Ninety yes. days, I can get that done way faster than that. Um, it, yeah, it's so so the first so one of the things I do have to mention is, unfortunately, Tom, mm-hmm. uh, there's not a lot of uh, pushing or pulling you to do different things on the open world. That's what I wanted to ask you about compared to like things like Days Gone or, or The Crew or other car PGs. Like, how is its open world? So is it just like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff you can do if you feel like it or not? Yeah, it's pretty much that. Uh, so there there is a little bit of unlocking stuff. Obviously, you unlock you know more of the quote, storyline races as you go through it. Um, mm. But then there are you know, if you do let, like when you're in the lower teens of the levels, it will give you a stunt course to run or a traffic uh, stop to blast through. And if you do that successfully, then your little douchey narrator will come on and say, Oi, did you like that? Well, then let's put some more on your map. And <laughs> like five or six more of them will show up. And you do those. And then, ah, oh, you seem to really like that, do you? Hey, let's get some more. <laughs> So it's, Already, it's, Nick, it's, from your accent, I'm giving two points douche quotient. <laughs> it's it's almost a disincentive to, to do the things because you're going to have to listen to this guy. And then <laughs> the game is fascinating <laughs> with uh, – like you get into a decent groove driving around and searching out you know little activities to do, and it will drag you back to the Horizon HQ – like, come back to the Horizon HQ right now. We've got something awesome for you to do. And you drive all the way back there, and then the guy gives you, like, a cowboy hat. And you're like, are you <laughs> effing kidding me, dude? <laughs> it's you a nice hat. <laughs> In fact, Edinburgh Castle, if you buy it, or lease it, whatever you want to call it, for 15 million credits, your reward is a – it's a particular horn for your car, like ah. a horn noise. Yeah, I think I don't know what it is. A spin on the wheel, right? Because one of their progression systems is it, it's sort of a loot box mechanic where you can spin wheels uh, to unlock other cars and money, in-game money, whatever, um, and a T-shirt. So yeah, is, that's is, a good time. Do they show your avatar walking around doing stuff? Is there a reason you would wear a specific T-shirt and cowboy hat? Ah, uh, here is where the true douchiness gets in. So there, is, there are in the game uh, scenic sort of overlook unlocks very much from the crew or test drive unlimited school mm-hmm. um you find those you stop there the narrative goes ah it's the westminster falls you're gonna love this and then the camera will pan out show your car and then your little douchey character ah you're integrated dance. into the open world scenery he will dance next to the car he or she wait will what do you mean dance hold on hold on back Wait, he'll yeah, yeah, dance? no, get it, get out what? and dance. Yeah, yeah, no joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a little dance. There's a little victory dance or the wave. Wait, like what? Like Lords of the Dance dance? What kind of dance is he doing? Oh, it's... Like you, sure, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, oh, you can unlock different, you know, cool emotes, right? Ew. So you can, yeah. Like yeah. the Macarena and the wave. Oh. 
You're you killing. Know. No, that's not no. true. Yeah. Yeah. Humani- humanity's doomed. Yeah. I mean, that's basically yeah. it. Yeah. I I will give it credit for one thing, which is I have never felt like any of the progression has been limited or feeding me into going to buy any kind of microtransaction. Ah, right. Now, what uh, if you wanted to? Like, what if you just had a thousand dollars burning a hole in your pocket? What would you be able to do in Forza? They would not spend Ford? it on Forza. <laughs> they would definitely be happy to sell you in-game cash and spins on the wheel. Okay. Um, so spins cars and cosmetics. So the stuff you would get in the nor- in the case of no- normal gameplay, I guess. This, this yeah. Section. Right, okay. Yeah, but but I I'm not kidding. Like at, at one point it was a chore for me to do the wheels because I had gotten so many of the wheel spins built right. up on my little character that I was like, oh f, I'm gonna have to spend the next 20 minutes spinning this because you you don't just spin a wheel, right? You have your little character standing there almost like in a Price is Right. Oh my god! In your cowboy hat and t-shirt. Set, yeah, <laughs> and there's a wheel that spins, and your little avatar dances around and applauds, and it's like a whole thing. It's it's rotten. It's rotten. Nick, that reminds <laughs> me of uh, there's a the, the Xenoblade Chronicles games on on Nintendo's hardware. The last one was it X2, whatever. The last one you would collect these crystals, and they would unlock new NPCs for you. But the the animation yeah. took so long for the stupid crystal to open and the NPC <laughs> to come out. And, yeah. and and you get so many oh. of them. Like there's a certain point where you're sitting on 30 of them and you're like, oh, God, I, I just how am I going to sit through 30 of these animations? So it's like while you're watching a TV show or something, you're just clicking the button because you're literally it's going to take you, you know, 30 minutes to open all those freaking crystals. Uh, and they finally patched it in something where you could skip that animation but it's, it sounds like with those wheel spins it's the same thing like don't give me any more i've already got way too many yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't help that your first eh, i'd say your first two three hours of the game there are they're they're dropping the most powerful cars on you at that point oh you know, that's right weird from, okay because they give you you start out with your little you know your little underpowered hot hatch right so you get the ford escort or the yeah. little mini or whatever right yeah okay i'll do that you figure this is going to be the progression right well the very next race is all right let's do the supercar race here's a alpha (laughs) you're like "Uh, okay (laughs) wait why are they do what well what do you have to work towards then like that's weird I mean, I guess if you're someone that really wants a particular car you can you know work towards getting enough credits to unlock that particular car do a lot of the events require certain cars that where you no. might need... no no what? no there, i mean there's there, you know there's cars so it, they do this thing it's it, i think it's a oh, whole the letter thing, rating the right. last one right where they they do the letter rating right but then let's say you buy that ford escort right so you get the ford escort you have the letter rating. You can do your little tweaks, you know, under the hood. You can buy a spoiler or whatever to try to make the number go up a little bit, right? And the, there was a meta game previously with all Forza games where you kind of tried to get as high as you could right. on that letter rating without tripping it over into the next one, right? Exactly. Yeah. Because you don't, right? It's sort of the weight class, right? In a sport, you don't want to. You don't want to flip over to the next class and be the low guy. You want to be the highest guy possible in a particular class. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, so the issue here is they will sell you a, let's say, the hot hatch for uh, A650 is the number, right? Right. But then they actually just give you a one-click option that says, yeah, turn it into an off-roader, and now it's, you know, S900. It costs nothing to do this. You just bloop. Okay, it's an S900 now. So now I have a, I have a hot hatch that can do the off-road stuff just as easily as it can the the road stuff. Uh, and same thing with the Alfa Romeo. Same thing with like all these cars have this like alternate kind of driving thing that you can unlock. And it's just okay. Well, I'm I'm not sure if I don't particularly care. Like if I'm not a gearhead that you know loves Lamborghini, let's say. There's no real incentive for me to go beyond the first handful of cars. Right. That that's such a crime. Cars and I, at me, and I'm just like, yeah, all right. <laughs> that, that like when it's robbing personality from like the cars. Different cars should matter in different ways, and it seems like it's just letting any car do anything pretty much with this customization system, which. Uh, I, that's just like in an RPG. You don't let a thief do what a paladin can do. Uh, right. you, you know, these in an RPG, you want characters to have different 
strengths and weaknesses and they're better at or worse at other things um and just throwing everything into the same bucket just it just seems like it would kill the personality for the different cars i mean i will say the good thing is you know i'm not pressing a button and turning my car into a plane or a boat but oh wow that, right? <laughs> <Hey-o>. <laughs> i wonder that? like surely the crew too is way better than it was at release mcmaster why don't you uh, throw oh, yourself no. on that grenade go oh, check out the crew too see how that's coming along i don't like car games that much in the first place <laughs> We really don't like car games about Transformers. But the, the 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 one thing I do have to talk about though is the it that the weird douchey culture that they buy into oh, so is so So Nick, so, here's what's have, weird to me. If you have friends or mm-hmm. if you are involved in kind of that amateur car culture scene, right? right. So there's a couple different varieties of people in there and the you know, you've got your Work-a-day dude with your race weekend racer guy who basically scrapes together enough money to put spoilers and then you know a nice transmission and and get his car going and maybe he joins up with a little crew and he gets his WRX to actually hit some racetracks on the weekends. There's that guy. There's of course the Fast and Furious wannabe guys, uh, and then there's another class which is older rich white guys who just collect super sports cars. Or classic 50s cars and then just meet up and kvetch about politics, <laughs> you know, and, but then maybe they but they're never going to take that Alfa Romeo and bust it out on the road all crazy. And they're certainly not slamming rock stars <laughs> and screaming about, you know, how how bogus the last guy was or how, how shredded he got in the race and just crushing it, bro. And it's, it's so ridiculous because they mix these car cultures together. Right. Right. You know, because, because you have to have that progression. You have to go from the beginner hot hatch to the Lamborghini, you know, Diablo. Uh, right. And the, in the real world, those two owners are not going to meet. <laughs> They're just not. <laughs> That's so odd. Like it's really – it's so funny watching video game companies trying to co-opt counter – like car counterculture, whether it's uh, Electronic Arts' need for speed stuff. Like they had some live-action cutscenes in oh, some of their so games good. that were horrible. Oh, so good. But then yeah. there was like uh, Eden yeah. Games, the a studio in France that ended up working on the crew. Their test drive unlimited games where the, the douchey Euro trash okay. guy would like Don't buy his houses stuff. and stuff. Yeah, like it's so weird seeing – video game companies who are just good at making driving games trying to build some kind of culture or personality or, or human element into their games and failing miserably. Uh, so, so here's what I want to do. Nick, I want you to tell me something douchey about characters in Forza 4. And then, McMaster, I want you to counter with something from Days Gone. And we're going to do this in first to three points wins Ooh. the douche quotient. Okay. So, Nick, I'm going to go ahead and pre-give you one point for <laughs> the accent you were doing. It was that oh. terrible. If that's yeah. how the characters talk, yikes. Forza's got <laughs> already a point. So, for the second point, Nick, what's something douchey in Forza? Ooh, uh, there is a car radio station Ooh, uh, okay. called Block Party. <laughs> wow. And... It has Run the Jewels on it on repeat. Now, how square am I if I don't know what Run the Jewels is? My favorite band. Uh, my favorite oh boy. Did, did, you play, uh, did you play Watch Dogs 2? Yes. That There was a very prominent Run the Jewels song in there. And it, it, in fact, so here's what's funny. It's the same song. Oh, yeah. They only have rights to it, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, there's no way that they would let them use it like a catalog. All right, so McMaster, what do you have to counter that? That's so a song that's already been uh, leached of of any entertainment value by Ubisoft in a Watchdog game. Uh, what's your counter for that in Days Gone? <laughs> I mean, does your motorcycle do... have a radio? What music can you listen to? No, uh, right. basically, what you can listen to while riding your motorcycle is Deacon bitch about things, <laughs> <laughs> or talk to your <laughs> your buddy Boozer. Boozman, Boozer. I mean, Boozinator. He, he he double douches everything. So I mean, that's already that's a win no matter what. But I'll go into Boozer. So, so like, mm-hmm, yep. 
Now, Cut. Boozer gets worse and worse as the game goes on because he's just kind of goofy, like, hey, well, what are you looking at? Kind of, you know, like, I don't know. What has he got? Some Stallone affectation or something. It's just really baffling. And he's this big meathead that, for some reason, you decided to stay with. Right. Instead of get on a helicopter with your wife who is dying. <laughs> Somehow, this meathead's more important to you. <laughs> it's that whole thing. They're trying to, like, play into oh biker culture band of bros kind of deal yeah yeah but boozer is like he's just yeah he's just totally goofy and, and he gets drunk all the time in the game and does stupid crap that well, you're that's his name boozer why yeah. is what yeah because it's not like a reference to his real name it's like william bell or some crap like that so. <laughs> all right well by because I don't know what Run the Jewels is, and because Boozman is so annoying and irritating, and and because also, like compare this to the human connection made in Last of Us, but but that sort of father daughter thing where, where it's daughters die. Like I think that that they're replacing that with these two biker bros who are all tatted <laughs> up, and one, one of them's got his shaved head, and the other's the cap backwards, and Deacon St. Jones and Boozman, like that. Yeah, so I've got to give the point here to Days Gone. So they're both tied. With one point of douche quotient, Ooh. McMaster, lead us for the second point with something douchey out of Days Gone. Right. And, and seriously, I do like Run the Jewels quite a bit. I've seen them live and everything. They're not that bad. It's just maybe it got ran over with, I don't know. So anyway, uh, Days Gone. So um, the caricatures in Days Gone, there's a guy at one of the camps that you meet eventually named Schizo. And he's kind of, he does this kind of like Sean Penn kind of thing, I guess. But he's uh, he's supposedly an, an ex-like gangbanger and stuff. But you eventually find his, um, his like college year, or his like high school yearbook where he was like a valedictorian and all this stuff. It's, and he acts tough all the time. He wears like starter jackets and a, and a cast like a, a tilted cap and uh, yeah, tries to be a Is it Schizo or Sicko? Is it, is it Schizo? It's Schizo. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, because I've met that guy. All right. Oh, yeah. Nick, that's what do you bad. have to counter that? Ooh. Ah, that's, that's pretty good. I, okay. I have uh, in my game, one of the activities that they encourage you to do is tear across the English countryside, smash through village church graveyards to get at billboards <laughs> that allow you to gather followers on Instagram. Oh, all you had to say was Instagram and you have the point. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. So your character's an Instagram that's influencer. Not huh. Yeah, that's not <laughs> yeah. In fact, that's that's the replacement for XP is your followers. Oh, I always hate that. I always hate that when video games try to do social media stuff for progression. McMaster, yeah. you lost the point, I'm afraid, for days gone. <laughs> I mean, that sicko fella is weird and annoying, but uh, that definitely goes to Forza. So Forza's got two points of douche quotient. Days gone, only one. So far, days gone is the cooler game. Oh, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> Nick, tell us tell us something else uh, about Forza Four. In the character clothing shop, Uh-oh. all the pants on sale are skinny jeans. Oh, God. McMaster, what do you? Jesus, oh. that's that's like dirty pool. I don't know how you're gonna top that, McMaster. This might be a three-one victory for Forza Four. What do you got, McMaster? Oh God, there's there's like so many things. If you got um, any big guns? You better pull them out against the skinny jeans. This is gonna be a tough one. All right, all right. All right, all right. So, um, uh, let's talk about the Rippers. <clears throat> the Rippers are these kind of rip-off Mad Max kind of guys. Right. That they they burn themselves with torches all the time, and Ooh. they burn and uh, carve rip into their heads or foreheads, and go around just causing trouble and stuff. And they uh, they they're led by by a dude named Carlos who talks to them constantly over loudspeakers about how they're on the golden path. Um, Master, let me stop you right here because I can tell right away you're going to lose against skinny jeans. Uh, like the Rippers are dumb and they're like orc voiceover I, stuff, but it does remind me of the cool weird gangs in Mad Max. So I'm going to help you out here, McMaster. Okay, okay, fine. Tell us about the flashbacks where <laughs> we find well, out about Deacon St. Jones 
meeting his girlfriend what what is some of what are some of the ways that the Ben studio wants you to become emotionally attached to their relationship oh yeah so uh <clears throat> there's a number of flashbacks mm-hmm. about how deacon while riding his motorcycle through mm. the countryside of oregon mm-hmm. Uh, found a, a lady uh, biologist uh, who was tattooed and really cool, and uh, they she had broken down. And, her car, yes. Right, right. And so he picks her up, and they go back to the car, and some dudes or some jerks are stealing her tires or something. And Deacon beats the crap out of him. He's a really tough biker. Uh, and then they go on a So walk. this is a cutscene, right, that you watch? Yeah, yes. Yeah. McMaster, you watch yeah. this. You don't participate in it? No, you beat people up in that. Exactly. Right? It's a cutscene. It's a flashback, and it makes you play the part where you punch the rapers. Right, right, sure. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, you actually have to like it, it's like okay, now you take over like they they become like they start leering at her and there's this implication that they're going to assault her and then they start beating up. He has to in- intervene and they start beating him up and the game is like okay, now you take your turn punching them. Uh, yeah. and then it makes you play punch rapers like it's like a mini game except <laughs> you don't have any hit points. Like you're not going to die or lose or anything. It's just making you press the button to punch the rapers uh, right. off of your wife to be yeah right right i mean and of course the cut scene they have with their wedding and the cut oh scene. i haven't gotten to that oh my god oh, oh dude well, you it's also, like being punched in the face you also you, they make you pick flowers for her at a certain <laughs> point yeah. um, so here's the thing too is i don't i don't think that uh, the whoever wrote the dialogue for this he is such a jerk to her and it's so unintentional. Like he's like mansplaining stuff to her and making sarcastic cracks about her. And it's like, what, dude, you are just failing miserably. This woman should have nothing to do with you. Uh, like he is such an asshole to her. And it's yeah. it's because I don't think the writers have any sense for how people talk when they like each other or when they're in love. And it is so annoying that this is supposed to be the emotional anchor for this entire game, for this entire character's motivation, and they can't even write a convincing scene between two characters in love. I'm just I, – I'm, I'm aghast at how horrible that stuff is. So I'm going to give the point to Days Gone, McMaster. Well played. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. All right, so this is this is game point. So far, Forza 4 and Days Gone both have two douche quotient points. McMaster, Ooh. what can you do to try to get a All third right. douche quotient? And if you have to go back to the Rippers, have at it. No, 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 no. If you, I mean, if you really want douche quotient, I'll kick it up. Okay. Um, ooh. So the second time you see the introduction to the game <laughs> uh, involves a scene where uh, Deacon has to kill an uh, enraged businessman. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, yeah, the guy's wigging out. It's an apocalypse, McMaster. He can't keep his shit together. He's freaking out. Now, you have to understand, too, that before that, his wife, Deacon's wife, I think, had just been stabbed by a, uh, a zombie child with a with a knife. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not even that she got bit by a zombie. She got stabbed by a zombie, which is weird to me. But anyway... Uh, and you, you, you're cutting through this warehouse, and yeah, this dude is just screaming and freaking out, and uh, and uh, yeah, you have to shoot him in the face or something. And then <laughs> she, you go back downstairs to your girlfriend and the boozeman, and she's like, "What? What's wrong? What? Your, or your wife? And he, uh, you, you look, and he's like, oh, nothing. <laughs> you know, just kind of. <laughs> he's so haunted by his, by what he had to do. It was so difficult, right? Yeah, I mean, and yeah, yeah. So I, all that's right, what so I got. A, a a tortured, soulful remorse about killing. Nick, what do you have to counter that in Forza Four? Oh, uh, okay. One of the one of your rewards for progressing through the game is you unlock a. Uh, they're called showcase races, which are kind of the storyline races of the campaign in Forza Horizon 4. Uh, and this particular one you unlock is the Halo Showcase Experience. 
Jesus Christ. Halo Showcase Experience. (laughs) So you unlock the privilege of driving in the iconic Halo Warthog as Covenant... I don't know what those the stupid flying motorcycle looking things are chasing you, yes. uh, and supposedly showed, shooting at you. But it's a racing game, so they aren't actually <laughs> shooting at you. They're just shooting at things around you on the way. <laughs> you know, because it's the showcase, right? So it's it's all the special effects and stuff. Uh, you go through this race. You're dodging stuff. You're jumping over trains, slamming the warthog on top of church roofs. Uh, and blasting through people's barns, I, I, I just I try to imagine the poor villagers <laughs> coming out of their, you know, townhouses and farmhouses and just like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> um, and you get to the end if you win, and of course you will because it's a showcase and they rubber band everything for you. Um, you get to the very end and you unlock an ad for Halo Five Guardians. Ooh, that's good. No, I thought you were going to tell me a Master Chief helmet, but you or far – you went yeah, way below what I ever expected could happen. <laughs> you impressive. unlock an ad for a Halo game. For, right, Halo 5 Gardens, the, the game that's already out. <laughs> uh, not even like a trailer that they haven't showed yet. A, 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 McMaster, I'm sorry, but I – That's I, intense, yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I mean the biggest problem I have is I, there's – some douchier stuff, but if I talk about it, I really, it's big time spoilers. Oh, <laughs> so God. fair enough. So you were kind of hampered by the fact that you didn't want to uh, ruin the game. I mean, I, so, I swear to God, there's a couple of things in that game later on that you're like, what in the hell is going on here? I mean, Master, it's kind of like you were having to like sword fight with, with one hand tied behind your back. <laughs> Jesus. Kind of, yes. Yeah, there's no, there's no spoilers in Forza Horizon. Right, right, right. We're going to get more cars. <laughs> yeah, right. Spoiler, you're going to see this awesome Halo commercial. All right, well, I don't know if it makes Forza 4 the winner or the loser, but it has a higher douche <laughs> quotient than Days Gone at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a little of both. All Nick, uh, I'm, I've unlocked for you the ability to now go online and on YouTube watch a trailer for any Microsoft game of your choice that has already been released. Exactly. So that's what you win. <laughs> I mean, this is a oh, current game, too. It's not something from, like, 2005. Uh, I just want to say, I, I had a friend who, you know, living in L.A., you know people who have various uh, points of intersection with the entertainment industry. And I had a friend whose job it was, he would freelance as what's called a script reader. And so that, that agencies and production houses and whatnot don't have to, like, read through all the scripts that, that get submitted – to them they give them to freelancers the freelancers read the script and then write a one-page summary of it and then turn it in so that this you know if the studio will have instead of having to read a whole bunch of scripts we'll just have one sheet for the different scripts and they can sort of use uh, and they the the script reader will give it a thumbs up or thumbs down like pass or fail like maybe consider this script or don't so a friend of mine was given a script for a halo movie and one of the things they were looking for was how to put product placement into scripts and what they uh, apparently considered uh, is they is how is they could get Chrysler product placement in a Halo movie by making the Warthog a Chrysler vehicle. A and I don't know if that ever became canon oh. or not. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Oh God, I just love the Warthog to pull up early in the movie, and there's that Chrysler symbol, like front and center and squarely in the middle of the frame oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah it's gonna be just like transformers where right. like every time you turn around it's the front you know hood ornament on every vehicle <laughs> you're exactly right no you're exactly right nick like yeah oh. i don't think any of those transformers in, in canon in the cartoons were like a, oh, no. a, an actual car band like i think ford is a big transformer supporter right yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah I mean, the only I... ones that were like specific in the cartoons that were specific you know, things were specific, very easy to recognize cars. Like, you know, Bumblebee is obviously... Oh, but VW, right, right. You know yeah. what I mean? But, like, you know, they weren't branded. Right, right. Yeah, and I, the Transformers movies are just slathered within the branding. <laughs> like Pizza Hut and Ford and you name it. Yeah, yeah. So. God, I would have loved to see that. <laughs> A Chrysler Warthog, right? Yeah. <laughs> All 
All right, well, I'm going to have to disappoint you guys because the game I'm going to talk about has no product placement and it's got a super low douche quotient. No. Um, mm. It also only has, like, it's true to its name, it's called One it Actually, it's un it's called One Finger Death Punch, but you actually use two fingers because you play oh. it on a mouse. And this is the sequel, One Finger Death Punch 2, uh, where you've got one finger on the left click, one finger on the right click, and it's way better, by the way, than using it with a controller where you might have to move your thumb. Uh, and it's 2D. You're a dude in the middle of the screen. You're a stick figure, although I love the animation and the artwork in this thing. So it's not a stick figure like West of Loathing where it's, hey, we're going to make a show of the fact that we have no artwork. It's a stick figure with really elaborate animation and gore and crazy stuff going on in the background. Um, and you're there in the middle of the screen, and sometimes a dude will come at you from your left, sometimes from your right. And all you do is if a dude is attacking you on the left, you left-click. If a dude is attacking you on the right, you right-click. It's that simple for the most part. Uh, where it mixes up is there's a threshold for you got to wait for them to get close enough to you before you click. And, of course, they'll start coming in droves and various speeds. Some of them are quicker than others. Some of them have a weapon so they can hurt you uh, from farther away than guys who are unarmed. So it's not like a... Uh, guitar Hero, where you're watching some sort of marker and you always click the marker when it hits a single instance, a single bar. It's super flexible with when you can click on either side and what it trains you to do and where it makes you feel like a badass skilled fighter is it's going to mix up when, like how soon you can click. Um, so that little window for where you click, instead of being a rigid single bar, there's a lot of wiggle room there. And it's very gratifying to watch the game, and it teaches you how much wiggle room, and it gives you really cool, specific visual cues for when you can click and when you can't click. And watching someone play, you're like, wow, this guy's really good. No, you don't have to be really good. It's super generous and forgiving. And it's also just super specific. Every time I have taken a hit in One Finger Death Punch 2, I have known a nanosecond before the game tells me, oops, I screwed that up. Like, it's never like, wait, what? When I play fighting games, I'm constantly like, I don't know if I'm blocking or I don't know why this hit or didn't hit. So much of it is up in the air because I'm not good enough to really recognize the visual cues and the frame counting and all of that. I've never been that devoted to a fighting game. But One Finger Death Punch is just that accessible that... It's super, it's super about timing, but when you screw the timing up, you always know it. It's never like, wait, what happened there? So what they've done in the sequels, they've given you a, a much wider breadth of activities. There's even a skill tree that unlocks little interactive bits. Um, and it's also got a survival mode where you're trying to get a high score. And I am a sucker for this sort of thing. You know, you can play little standalone modes that move you around a map. It's kind of like a campaign. Oh, there's even like a roguelike mode where you've got one life and you're working your way through a maze and choosing the next place you go to. But this survival mode, first of all, I want to say my score is infinitely higher than McMaster's score on this survival mode. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah McMaster, Tom beat the shit out of me on this one. You have zero points in this. Um oh. Whereas I'm at something like, uh, I think, a quarter of a million. Now, when I started this out, this survival mode, and I'll be curious how you guys think f feel about this. Because I, I know me and McMaster, we love like high score chases. Like score chases oh. are great, whether it's a pinball machine, whether it's a fighting game. Uh, that's a great way to keep me invested and make me want to keep playing and get a little better. Is I love pushing a score up a, a list, especially a friends list. So in this yep. game, when I first started out survival mode, I could get maybe like 70,000 points, and then I would like fail enough times and, and die. The next tier up, like there were people on my friends list who were getting like like something like 10 million points. Oh, God. Yeah, and I was like, wait, what? Because when I play like Zen Pinball, for instance, I can get on there and I can play and I can you know just play my first fumble through it game and see what you get, and then I can get a sense for, okay, and then I look at the score list and I get a sense for, okay, here's... I need to just play this. All of these other scores, they seem eventually attainable. But I don't know how to go from 70,000 to 20 million. Like, that seems insane to me. There's just no way that I'm going to, first of all, sit there and play for that long. But what this does is, like any, like a score chase in a shmup, a shoot 'em up it's about the score multiplier. Uh, because once you've killed a thousand dudes in the survival mode, 
instead of each dude giving you one point, there's a times 10 multiplier. So now each dude is giving you 10 points. Ah. And that's a crazy difference. And furthermore, next time you play, you can start out at that multiplier, the 10-point multiplier. So I don't have to grind through those first 1,000 dudes that are worth only one point. When I've killed a 1,000 dudes worth 10 points, now they're worth 20 points. And then next time I play, I can start out at that 20-point multiplier, which is going to be twice, oh. which is going to... So, and so there's this sense of when I'm playing. When I play a pinball game, I've got three balls to get as many points as I can. Right. And every time I play, I'm going to start at zero points. When I play this survival mode in One Finger Death Punch 2, I'm basically just trying to kill a thousand dudes so that I can next time start at the next higher level. And then it's almost like different classes in StarCraft or something where you've got bronze and then you've got silver and then you've got gold and you've got platinum. Each time you kill a thousand dudes, you move up dramatically in this score multiplier. So whereas I could before only get like 70,000, now I can easily get 300,000. And if I can stay alive a little bit longer, because I've gotten where I've killed like 892 guys, if I could just stay alive a little bit longer, I'm going to move up into that next multiplier bracket, and now I'm going to be able to get a million points or so. And then once I move up into the next bracket above that, then I can start working in that area of tens of millions. Um, so I really like that as a score chase is because a lot of times you get such a high score in a game, whether it's a shmup or whatever, and you're like, oh, I never want to sit down and have to play long enough to beat that score. Like, that's the best I'll ever do. This is the most I care about this game. I don't care about it enough to want to, you know, play however long it takes to beat this score. But in One Finger Death Punch, just kill a thousand guys and you're in a whole new bracket. Um, so I really like that as a score chase. Uh, and it's helped me keep a way higher score than you, McMaster. That's a good point. I mean, I'm probably going to buy the game eventually, but uh, until then. So I don't want you to feel, because I know you normally feel this way when, when you and I are doing a score chase. You'll look at a score I get, and it must be very dismaying to you to see how many points I get in a game. Just keep in mind, when you, if oh, yeah. you ever pick up One Finger Death Punch 2 and you see how many points I have, I, I want you to just take this on faith, McMaster, that you too can one day get as many points as me. <laughs> I know that's hard for you to believe. Thanks, man. You're just going to have to trust me on that. <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate the encouragement. Has either of you played I, the the first one? Do you guys know no, One Finger Death Punch? I did. I, uh, I didn't, but I've watched you play uh, this one a few times. It looks cool. I just think it's irresistible. So, Nick, you've tried them, right? I, I've, I've tried the first one. Uh, I played it quite a bit. I, I liked it a lot. Um, but the, the first one does not have the mechanic that you're talking about. And it... Right. it it, the first one, you do get to a point where it just feels like, okay, I need to make a decision on, you know, how high I want to go and whether or not I want to keep my finger. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because, well, there's that. Yeah, there's that, right? There's the endurance portion of it where you just feel like, oh, my God, like literally my finger is going to fall off. You're not using a game controller, though. You're using the mouse. No, using the mouse. Yeah, yeah, but, okay, right, know, right. Do it enough that right. it, it, after a while, suddenly your mouse feels like, oh my, like, why is there a 20 pound resistance on my clicker? What? <laughs> One of the things I like that they do in the second game is it's not always just getting faster and faster and faster and faster. Uh, a lot of things will happen to screw up. Uh, and it screws it up because you're then going to have to sort of reset. Like you can't get in a comfortable groove. And I think that's a good thing. It, it varies the speed and that timing window. And sometimes you'll make a slow motion event. And sometimes come, guys will come in slower and sometimes faster. It's not like it's relentlessly snowballing and getting harder and harder and harder and harder. Right. Um, and, and there are a lot of these – this new skill tree, you can put points. And, and I like this too. When you unlock a skill point – you go into the skill tree and you spend it wherever you want. At any time you want, you can get refunded all the skill points you've unlocked and you can freely reallocate them. So where you're spending these skill points is in these various like mini games or these things that change up the speed or that change the reach or the likelihood that you'll get certain weapons. You can skew this toy box of crazy things that happen towards your favorite uh, power-ups or, or, or moments or little... Uh, uh, variables, uh, and that's what you do with your skill points, is you kind of determine how likely different things are going to be. Um, so rather than just fast, 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 click, a lot of times it's like clicking, and then you got to wait for a little bit and sort of slow it up. It just really it mixes up the tempo a lot in the second game. Uh, and I feel that they know that, yeah, people 
in the first game would just get exhausted just having to quick so quickly and look at these little patterns where the arrows would move you back and forth. Uh, here, it's instead it's just a, it's much more about hey we're going to introduce some crazy new tweak uh, to give you a break almost and then it's right. back to the normal fighting. Um, so uh, yeah, so I really like this thing and it's also just. It, it's just so easy to just sit down and play a couple of levels. I mean, it's almost like a uh, like a pop cap game in that regard. Like I'm just gonna sit down and just faff about, and cool, cool, colorful, crazy stuff is gonna happen. And in a little bit, I'll go get some work done. But first, I'm just gonna play two of these levels. Like I get that feel from it uh, a lot. It's just super, and it plus. I'm so over. It's it's so gratifying to boot up a game and get to where you're playing it in you know ten seconds. Like, like I'm so getting sick of like load screens and just the. Yeah. <laughs> it's so oh, nice. God, day's gone. Yeah, right, right, exactly, <laughs> McMaster. Like I, I boot it up and then I'm gonna go make a sandwich while it finishes loading, and then I come back and oh, it's waiting for me to click a button oh, to go to another load screen. God. Yeah. So long. <laughs> so it's so nice to just decide, you know, I'm gonna play a couple of one finger death punch levels, and then very quickly I'm playing them. I'm not having to wait for things to load up. Yeah. Uh. So uh, there you guys go. We have the winner of the douche quotient, Forza Woo! 4. We have Days Gone, a super long game. McMaster, do you see yourself seeing it through to the end? I mean, at this point, yeah. I've, uh, I can't imagine I have more than a handful of hours left. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad to know that there's way more douchey stuff uh, ahead oh. of me. Can't wait to find that. Yeah. So and then uh, One Finger Death Punch 2. If you are on Steam, uh, friend Tom Chick, and I no promise... Way. I You'll promise. never see him online. <laughs> Ever. But one day, you you will see my high score, and I promise it's attainable. Don't feel dismayed. If you play One Finger Death Punch 2, you too can be... I, you know, I shouldn't be trash-talking, because I'm still... There's so many people on my friends list who are in those tens of millions brackets, and I'm like, ugh, I don't know that I'm ever going to get up there, because I'm... <laughs> I, yeah, so... Uh, yeah. So thanks for everyone for listening. I am Tom Chick. I will be back in two weeks with Jason McMaster and Nick Diamond, and we'll talk to you guys then. Cheers. 